Today on Movie Wallers, we talk about Belfast, King Richard, and the power of the dog. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And here's you as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. I love the theme music. I know we talk about this often. I love the th- oh, I wrote the theme music. I know. It's I so it. fun. If I didn't like the theme music, there would be something completely wrong with that bit. Thank you. But there isn't any music that I know that I have heard for 10 years and still continue to <laughs> like it. Eventually, eventually your favorite song becomes annoying because you've just heard it so many times. And I think the true classics are the ones which you don't tire of. The and I'm not saying this is a true classic, but I think it's... What? It, yes, but I think it's amazing that none of us have tired of it. Okay. I have not for sure at all. He not even the, remotely. Yes, he, he has to leave. It is a true <laughs> classic. I wrote it. I'm proud of it. It's amazing. No, it's it's fine. Yeah, I I keep thinking it's. I did. I've done a couple of different versions of movie all our theme tunes over the years. I think this one. This was our episode three hundred remix. So, the first iteration. I think I did. I should. In fact, I should dig those out and play them at the end of the podcast. Yeah, that's what I'll do. That'll be a fun little thing. And yeah. and then what episode are we on now? Like, well, I know you can't say what number. We're coming up to five hundred. We're coming up pretty soon. Yes. So yeah. I think you need to do a an little... episode 500 remix. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We're at four. This will probably go out as episode 490. Wow. Yeah. We're getting there. Wow. 10 years of movie wallers. And we haven't got bored of it yet. Correct. Speak for yourself. <laughs> bored of each other, maybe, <laughs> but not bored of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's not, what's to get bored of? We watch movies and talk about it. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. And I, I feel for our listeners, I hope hopefully they're not bored of it. But yeah. thank you all. We, we, I try and say this at the end of each podcast. Maybe not everyone makes it there, but a uh, big thank you to everyone that listens yeah, to our podcast. all the like, support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for like downloading it and using us on your, well, maybe you're not commuting anymore, but um, yeah, we hear from people from time to time that listen, that like to listen. So it's yeah. not just the three of us that download and, and listen to it. So thank you, people. We appreciate you. Yes, for sure. All right. We have three movies to talk about, and I think we wanted to do a couple of streaming picks. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you ready? I am ready. Then I'm so ready. Go for it. Okay, so I'm going to... You know what's interesting is um, I think all of us are giving not movies. We're giving um, miniseries um, and not so me. Here's, here's another not one. Me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Wait, giving, why don't you give us a mini yeah, series? I'll give you a mini series. So this is one that we mini have. Series, we mini series, Wallace. Mini series, Wallace. Maybe we should do a spin off podcast. Oh, yeah. Just me on my own? I think you're the only one that watches mini series. <laughs> no, Yasti does too. All I right. do too, yes. And you binge watch too. I do. I'm so, I have to admit. Um, so this is one that we haven't finished binge watching yet, um, but it's really impressed me, the few episodes that we've watched, and it's called Call My Agent. Mm. And um, it's it's a... Yes. It's a, it's a great... It's actually a recommendation we got from one of our dear friends. And, and listeners, Sandy. Thank you. Sandy. Yes, Sandy gave us Woo-hoo, this one. Oh, Sandy. Yay. And um, it's delightful. It's set in modern time. It's about a... Um, PR agencies in Paris. What's not to love about that? And the first episode, I'll just give you a description. As talent agent Gabriel searches for a way to break bad news to actress Cecile de France, a mysterious newcomer stirs up intrigue at the office. That's kind of how it starts. And it's just, it's great. It's great. I love it. It's very transportive. I was going to say. It's like a little visit to Paris for an hour each. Yeah, I think. It's authentically French in its sensibility. And I say that um, not lightly because, you know, we also enjoyed like Lupin and a couple of other things that we've watched recently, you know, Emily in Paris, but that was inauthentically French. Yeah. But there's, this, this, <laughs> so no, not authentically <laughs> French. But this has that, that real, you know, so, you know, we've, we've all worked with folks from Europe and, you know, we actually grew up in Europe and there, there can be an edginess at times to, to people um, 
in in France and and in parts of Europe, and it really brings that away. Not in a way that's offensive, but just in a way that's just very very true to the culture that they have and the work. You know, the philosophy of work. You know, versus. You know, we, we work too hard in the US. I think mm -hmm. there's a, a culture here that's like so much about the work. Yeah. I think in France, they kind of, and other European countries, the general, and I'm generalizing here, the general sense seems to be that you, you work in order to live, not live to work. Yeah. And Joe, I find that you often giggle through this one. Um, and you've spent significant amounts of time in. France mm. and and I was like why are you laughing and he's like oh that's really how they say that or that that phrase translated means this and it's something I would remember blah blah saying so yeah, it no, feels so like it's very authentic for our listeners that may not know but I, when I was growing up I did spend time um in ensconced in a French family uh, I had a good friend who was French and I spent some time in Lyon and just the way the expressions that they use you know in, including the swear words which I, I think French swear words are beautiful uh, they are they're, they're they're so expressive they're so powerful and they're so poignant um, that you know never piss off a French person because you 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 will get it in spades and and everything just cuts and bites and stabs uh, so yeah very very fun um hearing some of yeah. those expressions. And yes, you've seen it too, right? I have not, but I've been hearing about it for years and years, mm. at least a few years. And yeah, it, it's it, not new. It's not new. And I know that it kind of gives me the same vibe as Shit's Creek because Shit's Creek was around for a while and every people were kind of talking about it and then suddenly it kind of gained that momentum and then, you know, it kind of broke through popular culture. So I, I wonder if the same will happen with this one because I've been hearing about it for a while now. Yeah, and it's not played for laughs. It's funny, but mm -hmm. it's not played for laughs. It's a dramedy, I would say. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's just very good um, episodic TV content. Love it. Good choice. Yazdi. So um, one of the most uh, celebrated directors of contemporary cinema is Guillermo del Toro and uh, he is going to be coming out with a new movie nobody has seen it yet uh, it comes out around Christmas time and it's oh. called, it's a remake of a 1947 movie called Nightmare Alley oh. let me say that again Nightmare Alley and it's got Kate Blanchett Bradley Cooper Tony Collette uh, Rooney Mara Ron Perlman uh, just a terrific cast and it's about this uh carnival keeper who has secrets and so forth it looks very interesting anything Connie is interesting yeah yeah um so uh while i'm looking forward to that and waiting for you know keeping my fingers crossed that it'll be a a, a good good uh, del toro film um for me nothing will ever touch what i believe is del toro's fa uh, very best film and which is right now on netflix it's pan's labyrinth mm. And this is a Spanish language movie which was made, oh gosh, I want to say seven, eight years ago. And it's a movie which works at two levels. It works uh, flat out as a fantasy uh, in terms of a little girl who may or may not be imagining certain monsters and creatures. And it also plays as political allegory. There's bad things happening politically with her mom, with her father who has gone missing. And so the movie makes the case that maybe she is imagining fantasy as a way of ignoring the, the terrible truths of the present. So it, all, it also works at that level how, how human, why humans write stories. They write stories so that they can better understand the unknowables around them. So anyway, Pan's Labyrinth is just a class by itself. The creatures are incredible. Um, it's like nothing you've seen before, nothing I've seen before or since, and it has a really sweet, sweet kindness to it as well. So if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor, Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, and it's well worth the uh, subtitles. Okay. And I'm going to pay, I th as soon as I started thinking about talking about this, I realized I may have recommended this before, but there's... Um, a compact little horror movie called It Follows that came out mm -hmm. to some fanfare a few years ago. Um, it was a writer-director kind of debut. It's very much a, a very, you know, a first film. But um, it's an effective little horror movie. It's perhaps not as terrifying as I think some, you know, it was, it, it, it was 
as soon as it came out, I think people were saying new horror, new horror. But actually, it's more of a, a mystery thriller. Um, but it was it's very effective and it has this constant gimmick, um, which I think adds this level of of atmosphere and tension, which is. Um, you know, there's something in the background that is almost always moving towards the camera and the protagonist. And no matter where they run, it is moving towards them um, for much of the movie. So um, compact little horror film. It's an hour and 40 minutes. But if you, you know, if you're feeling, you know, you want to have a kind of night in and watch something that's scary that won't keep you awake for the next three weeks. Um, it's a fun little horror movie. It follows. So, yeah, and I think it's particularly effective because the the malicious uh, presence here is something which can take any form. So I think that to me is inherently very scary because any person you think you're talking to as a friend could be that malicious presence. So I think uh, really well constructed. And there's also very good... Because, you know, for the longest time, horror movies, especially the earlier, cheaper horror movies, mm-hmm. had this connection between horror and sex. And, oh, this, and this movie does that too. And yeah. this movie does that too. And it kind of has a fun little take on that about, you know, the association between um, illicit sex and, and uh, bad things happening to you. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite clever. Yeah. I like this. This is a lot. the film that my parents wish had been made when we were all growing up, right? <laughs> right. All right, so let's recap our three picks. Rashmi, yours was? Call My Agent. Yasdi, you had? Pan's Labyrinth. And I had It Follows. All right, let's get into the meat and bones then of this podcast. Uh, Three movies to talk about, Belfast, King Richard, and The Power of the Dog. So let's start, I guess, with Belfast. Uh, and I think I'm on the list to talk about that. So very quickly, as I open the Rotten Tomatoes summary page, um, Belfast is a movie straight from Branagh's own experience. A nine-year-old boy must chart a path towards adulthood through a world that has suddenly turned upside down. His stable and loving community and everything he thought he understood about his life has changed forever. But joy, laughter, music and the formative magic of the movies remain. Uh, this movie is written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. Um, it has a cast including Judy Dench, Jamie Dornan, Kieran Hines, uh, the young uh, protagonist in the movie, uh, boy, um, is played by Jude Hill. Um, so I'll kind of stop there. And I think all three of us have seen mm-hmm. Belfast. So uh, who wants to talk first? I can start. Um, what a beautiful love story that has um, etched its way into my heart and will not leave. I am in love with this movie. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, stunning. Stunning from the perspective of um, an and, and acting debut from this delightful little boy called Jude Hill, um, who plays Buddy. Um, this is like I said, call my agent is transportive. This not only transports you to Belfast, it transports you to a time and a feeling. And I was a member of that family. I was that little boy watching the world through his eyes. And it just from the opening scene and and it's not all joy and happy, but from that opening scene to the, to that last frame, I just had this huge smile on my face and it just worked on every level. I love this movie. Can't say enough. Um, I saw this movie yesterday, so it's pretty pretty fresh in my mind. <clears throat> I, uh, It's a labor of love. Um, it's, it's Kenneth Branagh looking back on his own life uh, with a lot of nostalgia, mm. you know, with distance of time. So I, I don't want to be a Scrooge, but I don't think, then. but I think there were part, I mean, it, it's, it's well-meaning, it's well-intentioned, it's beautifully shot, but it all came off kind of paper thin <gasps> to me. It really did. I mean, I, those all did of those. Did you leave your heart behind <laughs> on that airplane? I, I don't know. I mean, it just, there's another movie we're going to be talking about later, I think, which did this so much better, but I, I, you know, I, 
I didn't know much about his father. I didn't know much about his grandfather. I didn't know much about his grandmother. They were all stock characters. They were all kind, nice people. I mean, I I get a sense that this is Kenneth Branagh's idealized version of his childhood. And I wish I had, I wish there was more dimensionality. I think we can talk more about it, but I think that the VIP, the MVIP of this whole story is Katriana Balfi, yeah, who plays mom. his mom. I mean, yeah. she is the only one who knows what movie she is in. Everybody else seems to be playing some cardboard cutout version. Again, I, I don't want to sound too harsh on the movie. It's 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 beautiful to look at it. This black and white cinematography is amazing, but I, it just felt unreal. There was a bit of artificiality to it, and it didn't. See, it seemed like he was selectively only telling certain parts of the story. That's that was my take. Joe, <laughs> put Yasti right. <laughs> no, I think I'm more aligned with Yasti than you on this one. Really? I, mean, I think. Um, but no, I'm, I am definitely squarely somewhere in between. Um, so it's clear. I mean, if I was to make a movie about my youth, it would feel very much like this, right? I mean, mm-hmm. not that I grew up in Northern Ireland with you know during the Troubles, but the 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 viewpoint is very clearly of the young boy. And like mm-hmm. you said, it rushed me. She, you know, she, he feels, you know, there is a. Um, there is a very simplified look at the world. We mm-hmm. don't know much about the politics of the time, mm-hmm. of the troubles, um, but as a coming of age, kind of growing up, what it was like to be a young child at the time, the understanding of the differences in the conflict and the almost childlike um, lack of appreciation for, you know, what um, what the, you know, what the differences between the two factions were, you know, didn't really matter, right? All we knew is that there were people who didn't like each other. His family was all around him, very loving. Again, as as a child, I think you would have looked towards the adults in your life that cared for you in, in the same sort of way. So, yeah, it's it's a very it's a very nostalgic, almost indulgent um, piece of work. Um, that's not to say it isn't endlessly charming Mm -hmm. it really is like Rashmi there's so many just beautiful little moments and lots of little it's packed with little details of um being that you know being in that time I'm not quite sure why it's in black and white that kind of thing irritates me because I didn't really understand why but anyway I, I get annoyed with that sometimes um but yeah packed with lots of little just just even, you know, there's a bottle of um, a drink that I used to drink growing up called Kiora, which I don't know it's still around, but it was definitely there. And it's, it all, all feels very authentic. Um, so it, it's charming, but I don't know that it's um, emotionally resonant. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm shocked um, <laughs> that I really am. I'm shocked because this had such a profound impact on me and it, resonated with me emotionally so much um maybe because of that nostalgia of growing up in england maybe and it was quite similar very Um, very it it felt really authentic also what i admired about the movie is that all these things are going on around that little boy and like you said the the simplicity of um, there's a beautiful scene where he asks his sort of older cousin who he seems to look up to um, you know, what's the difference between, like, what, who is a Catholic and who is a Protestant? And she just says, well, you know, Catholics are like Patrick, Philip. She, like, lists off a whole bunch of names. I mean, just in that one scene, it felt to me like it beautifully embodied. What are we always, what are we always on two sides about things for? Um, when you, if we were all to stop, um, and, and in a time when, you know, we live in the U.S. and the U.S. is deeply divided, um, how how beautiful would it be if we just stopped to look at the world through through innocent eyes? And I think that's maybe one piece that really struck me so... It, it blew me away. Yeah, it blew yeah, me away. That's point. the piece about, you know... And I think the way that, 
families are divided when people have to travel to another country to get work so they can support the family, but then they're never there to support the family. So again, that very complicated relationship between his parents that he just sees as his father going away to work. But it says so much about what do you do when the economics of the place that you work in don't support your family and what you have to do to put food on the table. And yet what that does, you know, you're able to put food on the table, but yet it's this huge sacrifice of being away and being an influence in your children's lives when there's this horrible forces going on. So I just felt like it was so clever at taking those elements and piecing it together. No, I, I don't deny any of those things. I think it, it it's a very good commentary about, you know, the futility of what, what separates us, especially, you know, this, this community in Belfast, which lived very peacefully, seemingly, until they did not. And then it became horribly violent. So I, I get all that. I just, if I was making a movie about myself, I would be very careful that I would not make it too... Uh, Everybody comes off looking like... The it's very ex- fluffy. Very No, not just fluffy. They come off as the exalted, beatific versions of themselves. His grandmother is the perfect grandmother. His, his grandfather is the perfect grandfather. So uh, I, I wish there was more nuance to it. Uh, mm. And maybe that's, you know, and, and even the little boy is just perfect. And, you know, things happen to him. He, I mean, he's obviously very small. But he has this really, you know precocious romance with a girl at the school and I never bought any of that. Maybe that really happened to Kenneth Branagh. I don't know how much of this is real. I, pro- I suspect 100%. I mean, that felt a bit Wes Anderson to me. But well, not just to, it, it just felt a little precious to me, some of it. But again, I mean, it's just very, very charming and it's done with so much heart and uh, um, it will probably do very well at the Oscars and we're going to probably hear about it because it's got so much pedigree right it's got so much pedigree and uh, some interesting use i think of i mean the production design is impeccable i Beautiful. mean there are there are things there which i'm like i don't know how they found those things i mean i didn't grow up in ireland i didn't grow up in england but there were objects around them which look foreign to me and i'm like i'm sure somebody has gone in and tried to find out those biscuits and those detergents and those totally uh, and all of those totally. things um, the design of the furniture and the TV. Yeah, no, it was it was like note perfect in that regard. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, there was only one character that I truly ached for in the movie, and that was of his wife, because you know that character is so beautifully rendered. I wish that same level of attention had been paid to other. And maybe maybe it's just a question of acting. Maybe she's a much better actor. I mean, Jamie Dornan gets the role of a lifetime, and. You know, I'm sorry. He doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, he doesn't leave any impression. But again, I I, I don't want to blame him. I just it could I, anyway. I, I maybe I had higher expectations. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, not much more to add, really. I mean, I think um, it we we had the benefit of seeing it in the movie theater, which um, you know I'll get on my soapbox, but it's it's so much more immersive a movie that I think it worked a lot better for me than it would have in the home environment. No doubt, um, yeah. And I think that's ultimately what I took away from the movie. It has a, a really tremendous sense of, of place and time, and it doesn't really seem to be about all that much other than um, kind of a snapshot of mm-hmm. a period of time that, uh, you know, within a family... Um, with a backdrop of you know Northern Ireland and the troubles and the the, the, the you know, but it doesn't really have it, it doesn't really have you know a, a true kind of story from you know this happens and that happens and that you know this the moral of the story it doesn't have any of that kind of classic ingredients so um, I really enjoyed it I think it's uh, a, a very very handsome movie yes I agree I think there will be. Um, talk of it for various awards um, things. So, I mean, I'll wrap it up and um, give you my seven, which is extraordinarily stingy. But um, yeah, I, I've got no desire to see it again. <laughs> yes, D. I would give it a seven as well. And I, you know, maybe I came off too harsh on the movie. I just, I just expected a little bit more. And I, 
I see how the whole movie is is deliberately superficial because it's all seen through the eyes of this little boy. So, you know, we understand what he understands and no more than that. Um, but I just, it, it's a remarkably short movie. I think it's an hour and 30 minutes. I, I would have liked to know more about, you know, his grandparents, more about his father. For, I mean, we never find out where he works or what he does or any of that. And not that that's important. I just wanted to know more about what made his father his father. Um, so that these are all minor things, and I I won't be surprised at all if this movie did very well at end of year award season. Uh, it's it, it is very very charming. From your mouth to God's ears, I will be on that bandwagon of um, putting it in every category. This was divine for me. This is easily easily a nine out of ten for me. Wow! Yeah, I love this movie. I just. I can't stop thinking about it. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of nostalgia. Um, and it's so innocent about such a horrible topic. Um, exactly what you said, Yazdi. These were people who were next door neighbors and each other's families until they weren't. And what a horrible thing to happen to a place for so long. And just that whole... The whole question of should we leave, should we stay, what do we do for our family, how do we protect our family, the people who love us, the community we grow up in, everything's ripped away from you, um, and yet we hang on to these tiny little things that ground us. It was just, it makes me well up just thinking about it. This had such a profound effect on me. I love this movie. <laughs> I I would be all for... Uh, awards recognition for Catriona Belfi. I mean, I I know that she's been in the Outlander television series, but I have not seen her in a in a movie before. And uh, she at times reminded me of a young Renee Zellweger. Yes, uh, but she's no, <laughs> but she's don't do that to her. She she's, she's way gorgeous. Better. Yeah, I mean, she's gorgeous, and she's she is she is really bringing the powerhouse. I think to this. Yes, movie. she is. I, mean, I forgot. Just note perfect with every, everything she's doing in the movie. I yeah. loved Siren Hines as well, who plays the granddad. Just yes. again, a very subtle, all subtle performances. And to the movie's credit, you know, it does not delve in the morbid stuff. Like, you know, there mm -hmm. aren't people's, you know, crying and wailing for the most part. So I think that was again, a deliberate choice and a, and a good one. All right. You bar humbugs. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was it was good. It was just not not great. All right, in my humble opinion. Next movie is King Richard. So, um, who wants to? I think I have that. King Richard. Okay, take it away. Okay, so um, armed with a clear vision and a brazen 78-page plan, Richard Williams is determined to write his daughters Venus and Serena into history. Yes, those Venus and Serena Williams tennis super champions. Um, training on Compton, California's neglected tennis courts, rain or shine, the girls are shaped by their father's unyielding commitment and their mother's balanced perspective and keen intuition. Um so this is um, directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. It's produced by Tim White, Trevor White, Will Smith, um, and written by Zach Balin. And it stars Will Smith, um, Anjanou Ellis, John, John Bernthal, um, Sanya Sidney, Demi Singleton, Tony Goldwyn, and a whole host of others. Um, and coming to a theater near you, imminently if not already by the time this podcast comes out so already in cinemas. already in cinemas thank you yazdi so joe why don't you start us off what did you think of king richard um <clears throat> i really liked it i think um this movie is clearly i mean yeah you know we have to say and I think everyone watching this movie has to know that Venus and Serena Williams have a hand in its production. They're mm -hmm. accredited. So, you know, that had the potential, I think, to be, you know, very much a Disney-fied version of um, events. And we all know, or we should know, um, the accolades that Venus and Serena Williams have and the impact that they've had in the tennis world. It's remarkable. They are... 
Um, they are the GOAT, the greatest of all time mm -hmm. uh, in terms of uh, female tennis players. And the journey that they took to get there um, is very much the theme of this movie. You know, this, is, this was very much a, a, a white, wealthy um, world of, of tennis within the Los Angeles area, certainly. And, you know, a, an impoverished black family from the ghetto um, was able to come in and, and dominate the sport for so many years. So um, it's a remarkable story. Um, but I was really pleased to see that it wasn't completely um, a horrible, horrible term, but hor wasn't completely whitewashed in the sense of, mm -hmm. um, you know, Richard Williams is portrayed here as a very difficult person. I don't know much about him other than, you know, he was always there and, and it was somewhat controversial, but I didn't realize quite how... Um, spiky and also driven and stubborn and um you know to some extent as much as he is responsible for their success he could have e been equally responsible for their um failure so you know this portrayal of and king richard the title kind of gives us that sense i mean he really he really was you know um Shakespearean in his, you know, failings. It's all, it could have, very almost could have been a tragedy, but really, really uh, very effective movie. You know, it's it ended at the wrong point for me. I was like, oh, but now I want to know like what happens next. But yeah. you know, we all know what happens next. So yeah, good stuff. Will Will Smith was excellent, and I don't say that lightly because I don't think of him in that way. But he really did a good job here. Yes, the. Yeah, I mean, I think when we were planning uh, the podcast sessions, I think you and I said that it would be good to discuss these back to back because I think all the issues I had with Belfast, they're all brilliantly solved in this one. I think this is how you do it because I didn't know anything about uh, Venus and Serena Williams's mom or dad. And I came away really knowing them as complex, you know, very very specific characters. And I, I'm so glad that, you know, the script was, you know, uh, Hollywood has something called the blacklist. Every year they publish like 15 or 20 screenplays, which are excellent, which nobody has picked up and, you know, financed yet. And this this particular screenplay has been going around for the last three years and finally it got wow. made. And I'm so glad that this screenplay did not get um, scrubbed I'm I'm so glad it didn't get Disneyfied. I'm so glad they didn't make the blind side version of this one, because that 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 lead character played remarkably well by um, uh, uh, Will know, Smith. By Will Smith is so prickly. He's so particular. Yeah. He is so self-destructive, and you could almost make exactly like you said, Joe. He could almost have done far more harm than he did helping. I mean, he, he reaches out to these amazing, you know, tennis pros to help his daughters, but then he's arguing with them. Um, and his relationship with his wife is one of constant tug and push and pull because they're both very smart, very capable individuals who care for their daughters, but coming at it from different perspectives, he has very high ideals and she's more practical. So for me, the whole thing, and you know, there's, there's background music, which really bothers me, but the background music that is used here, it really worked for me because it, it kind of roused me at the right time and it made me sad at, 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 at the right times. And you know, the New York Times has a piece today on um, Will Smith's performance and they're saying, how much that writer appreciates the fact that, you know, Will Smith's character is allowed to be despairing and it's he's allowed to be broken a lot of the time. And I think all of those things we don't typically see in this kind of, uh, right. you know, a biopic kind of movie. So there was so much I appreciated about it. I really liked it. This is another one I loved. Um, this is <laughs> This is on par for me with Belfast. And mm -hmm. if you ask me to pick my favorite I just can't mm. again um I don't really like sports movies mm -hmm. um but this is not really a sports movie and what's shocking to me is that if this wasn't true you would think this was made up yeah it beautifully portrays um the insurmountable hurdles at times that these kids 
had to overcome. But what's most shocking to me is just the amount of confidence that this that Richard Williams had, the faith and yeah. the desire to make it happen. He willed this. He willed this into reality. Mm-hmm. And that's very difficult to convey in a movie mm-hmm. um, without overplaying it and it's note perfect um it didn't feel overdone at all and it's it would have been so easy to overdo this um and then the sign of a really good movie to me when it's based on reality is when i come back and i start looking for youtube videos either of the real footage or interviews with the the cast and i literally spent like three nights Mm. googling yeah, what? YouTubing. Oh, you probably knew because we share no, an no, account. No, no, no. No, no, I, I hope not. <laughs> I'm not sharing my Google account with you. Um, <laughs> maybe we do. Oh, YouTube. <laughs> now now no, you're in trouble. Oh, um, you're blushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I spent literally the next two evenings on Wikipedia reading everything yeah. I could about this, the, 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 the way that this actually played out. Yeah. And the it, people. and It's such a good movie i mean just the adversity that they had to go through and um great acting just great production again fantastic it would have been so easy to make the king richard character um a device or to make him some kind of a stereotype of you know a crazy father who will do anything to get his daughter ahead but from the very first time you see him, he's not a device. He's not a caricature. He's a very specific individual. And I love that, you know, even though Venus and Serena Williams have obviously produced this film, they have avoided trying to make their father look any better than... I, I still don't know who his... You know, I, I just finished watching the movie this morning, so I haven't had a chance to go and look. But, you know, he's he's presented warts and all, and I think I'd really like... I don't know if it's the direction or the acting, but I really appreciated the, the Will Smith performance because he came across as a person that I don't know if I want to, you know, be having a discussion with him because he he's so strong a personality and he's so prickly in a way that very know, yeah. And so so the fact that a fictionalized version of this character had an influence on me as to making me think how I would react with a person like this, I think speaks to the success of, you know, the script writing and the acting. And I, I would not I would not begrudge any kind of uh, recognition that Will Smith gets after this movie. I just, uh, you know, little things about um, how he was disagreed with his wife in terms of, you know, letting any success go to your head versus his wife's thing is, you know, this is a very hard-earned achievement. Let's celebrate it. You know, these little things, um, something, you know, a a guy in the neighborhood who's kind of hitting on his oldest daughter and more than hitting, kind of being disrespectful and how, how, how reality turned out. You think it'll turn out one way versus the other. So there's a lot of layering and subtlety um, to this. It's, it's quite an accomplished uh, piece of work. Yeah. And again, I mean, we've probably already said it, but I think the challenge is, doing it in a way that is so balanced because you know i i, I want to see him on a pedestal in some ways for what he has achieved rashmi you used the word willed it into existence absolutely mm-hmm. um at the same time i think when you do do a little bit of reading around about him you know there are things that are left out or maybe and you know for good reason i think it doesn't it wouldn't necessarily add to the movie to know that you know he's he's had multiple marriages and, and mm. he's had uh, you know the children in the in the movie you know are from um other oh. mothers and he and the wife that is so the mother of venus and serena um, are now separated or divorced um you know and she's such an amazing character herself and you know one thing i just make want to make sure we don't miss in any of this discussion is can we talk about and Anjanu Ellis, mm-hmm. Sonia Sidney, Demi Singleton, because Venus and Serena, you know, the, the wife was amazing. She held her own so against good. Will yeah. Smith. And there are some key scenes, like you said, Yasti, um, where, you know, it's a, there's a scene in the trailer, which I watched again, just came up and I was like, click play, but where she, she simply says, you know, she, she's, she's there 
where she's like, I disagree with you, but um, she she handled she held mm. her own against a very difficult and overbearing character, which I think that's actually quite difficult to do yeah. um, in a credible way. And then the Venus and Serena um, actresses, young actors, uh, were absolutely amazing. I mean... And know, great tennis. I, the tennis, I don't know. Maybe that, that could have been enhanced in whatever way, you know, through clever direction. It was actually they learnt the game. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Well, that's even more remarkable because just even in the non-tennis scenes... I, I always believed them in every moment and um, they they were just such delightful screen presences. I, I kind of um, was, I found myself very kind of drawn to their situation mm -hmm. because, you know, they did have this like dominant, super dominant father and they were in this world in which they didn't belong and they had this strength that, you know, clearly had been um, cultivated. But um, yeah, just, I, I, I still bought everything they said and did. Yeah, and I also like the fact that, like you, Rashmi, I was watching very closely to see, because there are some very thrilling matches in, in, in the movie, so and I was like, you know, are we just seeing their feet? Is this somebody else? But they're not. I mean, these are all long shots, and these are the actors who are actually playing I tennis. didn't know that. Wow. And I was like, I was still thinking, maybe they use CGI, maybe they put somebody's head on top, but it's amazing that on top of how good the acting is the five daughters i absolutely without a doubt believe that they were bonded as sisters yes you know, the way they behaved yes i think one of the great strengths of the movie is how it how it brings and i almost hesitate to say this because i want everybody to watch this movie is how it makes the case that when you're coming from the wrong side of the tracks you don't have much you know you're not very well off you don't have the luxury of pushing two of your daughters ahead when both of them might be talented. And the whole, you know, how Serena Williams dealt with the fact that, you know, their parents had a choice and they could only push one and they pushed Venus Williams and how she kind of worked around it is such a great story without getting necessarily too bitter. You know, that's a whole other aspect. And that that's kind of carried through in the movie with a lot of, compassion and I would say with a lot of uh, subtlety, you know? Yeah. This is perfect family holiday watching. Mm -hmm. Everyone from, you know, little Tommy to grandma can watch this together and get something different out of it. Yeah, for sure. Should we wrap this one up? Yes. All right. Um, so... Gosh, I mean, I have I have my issues with Will Smith as an actor. I, <laughs> I, you know, he's got, clearly got a lot of charm, um, but you know, I, I don't always like everything he does, and he always comes across as kind of uh, insincere to me. But not in this movie. Um, he he worked brilliantly. Um, I I forgot it was Will Smith almost within the first couple of minutes of watching it. He completely inhabited the role and. As much as it kind of pains me to say it, I think, you know, he is going to be shortlisted for best actor for this role. But that I, you know, again, don't want to make I want to make sure no one forgets about the other the other people in this movie. Um, yeah, one of my favorite movies of the year so far. And it really surprises me to say that because I, I just didn't think this was going to be up there for me. But I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Nine out of ten. Yes, the yeah, eight and a half out of ten, which I think, I mean, I've I've just seen it a few hours before and maybe with, with time it, it may become a nine, maybe it'll become an eight, I don't know. But I, this is how you do a biopic. This is how you respectfully render complicated, complex characters on the screen without kind of, you know, making them into stereotypes or caricatures. And it's not just his character, but, you know, even even the coaches he interacts Everyone. with. Everyone. Tony Goldwyn and John Bernthal and all of them make an impression. Um, and you, you realize what it takes for somebody to get that famous, especially in a field that doesn't necessarily welcome you. They are literally standing on the shoulders of so many. So it's quite an accomplishment. Uh, it, it, I, there's... I have only love for this movie. Pretty, pretty darn good. Backing down or uh, eight up? out of ten. Yeah. Okay. A, a very stingy eight out of ten. Very stingy. Um, game set and match nine out of ten. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. Fantastic. 
Yeah, it was really good. I liked it. So good. I can't wait to watch this one again. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's uh, it's HBO Max too. So, um, yeah, see it on the screen if you can, because movies are always better there. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people get to see this. I hope so. Justifiably. Yeah. All right. Movie number three, the final movie of the podcast is The Power of the Dog. So, Yazdi. Yes. Can you tell us about it? So, Australian writer and filmmaker um, Jane Campion broke onto the international cinema scene with the movie The Piano, which she had written and directed and famously got uh, Holly Hunter an Oscar for Best Actress and also uh, a very young Anna Paquin at that time, Best Supporting Actress. Um, You know, prior to that, she had only made a movie called Sweetie um, and then... Uh, subsequently, she's made The Portrait of a Lady with Nicole Kidman. She did Holy Smoke with... Uh, 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 I've seen it. <laughs> uh, Kate Winslet, with Kate Winslet, in the cut with Meg Ryan, um, and then Bright Star uh, in 2009. So it's been a long time since she's made another film. Uh, she had directed uh, the TV series Top of the Lake, Um and, uh, you know, so her, her new movie is uh, very, very eagerly awaited. And uh, the movie is uh, The Power of the Dog. Uh, the Power of the Dog stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Kristen Dunst and Jesse Plemons. Uh, and then, you know, the summary of it uh, on IMDb is as follows. That charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son... Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. It's written by Jane Campion, based on the novel by Thomas Savage. Um, And I've been hearing very strong Oscar buzz around the actors as well as this particular film. There is no movie I'm more eager to see right now than this one. I was out of town when the screening happened. So you guys, please tell me that um, I need to rush out and see it. So I hadn't heard any Oscar buzz or anything about this movie. In fact, uh, when we were waiting to go in, uh, one of the other San Diego film critics um, was there saying that she'd already seen the movie and that she was really only there to watch it again for, you know, because it was so good she had to see it again. So, uh, you know, I won't say I had a lot of expectations going in, but um, that kind of set me up for um, Mm -hmm. something, you know, really memorable and here's what i'll say i mean this is very much something that could be it's it's like um it's kind of like a paul thomas anderson type thing where it's it's difficult it's it's actually quite difficult and it's mainly difficult because um it takes a long time to be about what it's about um and so there's a lot of setup and Mm. an atmosphere and its sense of world and place is impeccable. I mean, you talk about production design um, from, you know, one of the other movies, Belfast, I think we talked about just now. Um, the sound and the texture and the the smell of leather and the, you know, the the horses and the ranching and the, the, the saloon and the sparseness of the wooden cap. I mean, this movie really indulges in its um in its sense of atmosphere and place um i can't say i didn't like it but it it it, it, there's just not much to it uh i kind of feel like the the whole story could have been packed into like a a 15 minute you know ballad of buster scruggs type um you know um Mm. vignette rather than putting me through two hours of 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 what was essentially just scene setting so um, you know, with that said, and it, and it is quite spoilable, so I'm not going to really talk about what it's about, um, and that's that's by that's by deliberate um, choice. Um, but yeah, it it was good. Just um, it's a bit of a puzzler. Exactly what Joe said. Um, <laughs> so I've been dying to speak to you about this, and maybe we'll have a spoiler session after. Um, look, it feels like there was about seven hours of story that got edited down to two because it feels as if there's big swathes of story missing from scene to scene because what's happening in the next scene 
we didn't even have recognition of that thing happening before mm. to get us to the point we are. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, if you haven't seen the movie. So I feel like there could have been better editing that would have made for a more cohesive story, except it asks you to be super clever and assume, but you can only assume it once you've got to the next scene of what happened before it. Mm. Um, I know what you mean. Right, but it but it's very well acted. It's great production. I love how you described it, Joe. You can smell this place. You can smell the people um, and the things they're doing. Now, here's the different thing. After I came out of the movie, I, again, I thought, oh, this is good. Benedict Cumberbatch is amazing. This I keep forgetting he's a, a, British British, a prestigious British actor, and he plays this cowboy so well, as did Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst, and to see them as husband and wife when they're together in real life is kind of interesting. I think... When I came away and I had a bit of time to think about it, I think if you um, replay the movie in your head with one other piece of information, which is look at it through the son's eyes, L play the whole story from the son's eyes and what the son may or may not have done, then I think it changes the movie and makes it brilliant. Does that make sense? I, I, again, I don't yeah. want to give away a spoiler, but again, if you watch the whole movie, but now you play it like... The, we'll talk. Yeah. And we have to be really careful because, again, it's not like there's some you know, big reveal. But the movie the movie is about something and it's it just takes its time to, to get yeah. there. And, it's about a bullying situation in a way. If, you, if I had to mm -hmm. like really cut it yeah. down, the movie is about about a person who's being bullied and how that situation plays out. Yeah. Now, I mean, it, it was interesting that one of the critics that we went to see it with was there to see this movie again, because I don't think that this movie, and maybe that's the thing, maybe it warrants a second viewing because armed with the knowledge um, of having seen it, it may take up a different context. So maybe that was the reason. And to see it on the big screen, I think, because it is so... It, it's so wonderfully atmospheric um, for much of its running time. Like the, the the creakiness of the floorboards, the the, the food, the way it's served and prepared, and how dusty everything is, and sweaty and, and dry. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so it, yeah. So it, it it's a kind of movie that I think ordinarily would frustrate me. So there was a movie last year, and I was just scrolling through our podcast furiously while Rashmi was talking to try and find. It. But there was a movie called First Cow, which oh, I love first cow. you I guys first love, cow. but frustrated me in in you know nothing like First Cow, but it has that same kind of frustrating um, slowness to it, right? right? It, it, Before it gets to where it needs to, yeah, and and just just you know. But nonetheless, I have to also, we talk about Benedict Cumberbatch and his performance here because it is ex exceptional. Um, Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst are also really, really good um, performances by both. I mean, Kirsten Dunst feels, gosh, it feels like I've been so, it's been so long since I've seen her and the, and the Kirsten Dunst that we see here is like not, it's, it's how can we even, you know, <laughs> compare her to the Mary Jane from Spider-Man, you know, there's not so many years ago. Um, so yeah, really, really um, good stuff. But yeah, I don't think I need to talk too much about this other than I think it warrants and is worthy of viewing. Um, I can't say that I loved it, but I really do admire it. And I, I like it in a, in, in a way that, you know, I, I am intrigued by what it was about. I'm intrigued to speak with both of you um, over a beer sometime to kind of get your take on it. It's that kind of movie, right? Where um, I'm not even sure how it ended, you know, that there's, you know, there is some ambiguity to all of that. So there's just, there's just lots of things to kind of stew over. And so um, it's hard for me to recommend this wholeheartedly to people because I think it will frustrate some. It would, it would in some circumstances frustrate me. 
I'm really glad I saw it in the theatre because it does require patience. And so I think, you know, again, the kind of movies that you have to be paying attention to, little glances and looks and not necessarily things that are said. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a conflict within the movie for much of its duration that, that can, be, can be very funny um, because the characters are at such deep conflict we don't even know why it's why it's there but they're they hate each other and it's like it plays out in every scene and it's it's painful and it's uncomfortable but uh, you know so it, ha it does all of this like poke the bear type things so, um score um i'll give it an eight out of ten and i think that's that's somewhat stingy but again i think it it has layers of complexity to it that i haven't quite digested yet so i think that that may ruminate into something more but um yeah good good stuff complex not easy yeah it's rather magnificent is oh, how I wow. describe it interesting um, okay uh, also an eight out of ten and again i wouldn't universally recommend this one i think you need a lot of patience and it's slow and it's not for everyone it's not like yeah. a movie that you're going to put on over the holiday and everyone can watch mm. i don't want this to to come across as as you know arrogant or pretentious but i really do think it's a movie lovers movie um it's not it doesn't translate to the kind of thing that you could tell your cousin who you know likes watching marvel movies to go see or home right? alone yeah right i mean it's it's just not that kind of movie um but you know for those of us that see a lot of movies i think you know there's 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 quite a lot to the way that this is constructed that you know gives you gives you room to to interpret and think about does that make any sense at all no it does <laughs> and i think i think you know all of her movies have been i mean if you go back and look at the piano that's not an easy film no it and it has a lot of unanswered questions and people constantly behave contrary to expectation i'm like why is she doing this why is he doing this or just don't do this and so forth so it doesn't give you ready answers and it's therefore it's kind of, uh, it annoys you, but I think it's also memorable. So I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I wouldn't recommend the piano to just about anyone either. The, yeah, the real movie lives or between... Or in the cut or any of, the, any of her other movies, yeah. yeah. So the real movie lives between the pages of the script, you know, mm. between the frames of the... The celluloid that was edited out clearly. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, you could still like, yeah, of yeah. course, but it's it. I don't if you even think it's it's all there. It's just it's it's not telling you what it is. Yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed our discussion of these movies and our Netflix recommendations. As always, too many movies, too little time. We are in knee-deep. We're, we're, we're really in trouble, actually. I think we are in actual um, like peril of not getting through all of the movies that we've been watching and more of the movies that are coming up. So there will be podcasts coming up with reviews of things such as, I uh, can't read Rashmi's writing, Parallel Mothers, Hand of God, uh, the House, House of, of Gucci, Gucci, which I haven't seen. Um, so, yeah, just that time of year when there's, like, movies coming out thick and fast. Matrix is coming up. Lost so. Daughter. Stay tuned. Keep listening. Keep downloading. Thank you for being here. And until our next podcast. Too many movies, too little time. And goodbye from me. And me. And me as well.